1: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry, the Catspaws. Derek, Kentucky, thirty-eight, thirty-five win versus Vandy. It wasn't beautiful. Uh, not as bad as maybe the final score dictates, but it is a win. Kentucky picks up their third one of the season. Now three and four with three games remaining. Uh, what's your initial thoughts?
0: Yeah, they didn't lose. That's, I guess, the best way to phrase it, is they didn't lose. So, uh, first of all, to to point out the obvious, it was a very emotional day for them to come out there with John Schlarman passing away. Um, Just to get out here with the win, you had that element. You had the Eddie Grand wasn't really at practice all week. You had that element. You had two starting offensive linemen basically out. DeAndre Square was basically out. He played one series in the fourth quarter once things got tight. So you had some factors going against them today. We all would have liked a cleaner performance for sure. Um, and we'll, we'll dive into that more. But overall, I think you're happy to get out of there with a the win. Um, and the one guy I want to point out, Terry Wilson, played really well. Uh, threw two incompletions the whole day. One of those incompletions probably could have been a touchdown on a better throw. Uh, he almost had 200 yards all purpose. So everything that they asked from him today was was very good.
1: Yeah, 13 to 15, 110 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, I thought it was a very good game for Terry, especially since it's the first time we've seen him since the second half at Missouri. Kind of mm-hmm. really didn't know what to expect, and kind of didn't know, you know, what the mood would be like. And things have just been really weird for like the last three weeks. <laughs> it's yeah. just been so off with every situation, and then you throw on top of that the news of Schlarman's passing and the emotions with that. Then you're, what they're going through with Chris Oates too. You know, you saw the feature this morning on the SEC Network and stuff that, I mean, this this team's been through a lot. And to, well, I just walked over to you right before we started recording and Drake Jackson had just walked yeah. out on the field and pulled up a chair and was just sitting there alone in his thoughts for about five minutes, something that I've never seen him do. Uh, just an emotional day overall and just, uh, you know, hey, they, they found a way to win. That's all that matters. Uh, they were up 17. And here's, I think this is the bulk of what we're going to talk about this week is you had talked about this, we both had this week, that Bo Allen, it certainly seems like he's the future, More maybe sooner than what people initially thought with Joey Gatewood. But, Derek, the decision to go to Bo there instead of Joey, and you even had a tweet, and you, you told people, don't hammer me just because I'm pointing it out. And you were just pointing it out. The play calls, the whole thing was yeah. completely different.
0: Yeah, so – Basically, to me, the biggest thing to take away is the timing of when they went with these quarterbacks because you could have put Joey in at the same time you put Bo in. You could have kept running things if that's what you wanted to do. Instead, they decided – Stoops even admitted it after the game. They decided they wanted Bo to throw the ball. They wanted to show what they can do in that element. And just – I don't think the transcript's done yet, so I don't have the exact quote. But basically, I believe the quote from Stoops is that they – for the, for the future of the program, basically, they did that. So, I thought it was very telling. Um, not going to take away anything huge from both throwing on the ball. Like, Keaton Upshaw made a phenomenal play on his completion, on Bo's completion to Keaton. He got that foot down. Um, but you can take away, I think, at this point that uh, – and, I, and I, it's not just that part for Joey, I think, that's telling. It's that they, it's that they, they did go back to Terry this game. I mean they could have had a situation where they could've committed to Joey for the rest of the year. They decided that Terry was still their best option. And then today Joey gets in and for one series and he gets flexed out twice for Wildcat runs. So basically you could have put anybody in there to do that. So what would happen next week if Terry Wilson got hurt or something on the first play, I don't know I don't know if they would go back to Bo. I think they might still go to Joey. But the takeaways you can get in listening to Stoops' comments is I just think it's hard at this point to say anything other than Bo Allen's a guy for the future. He, almost for sure at he, this point. He
1: threw it five times. Like Yeah, he just five dropping times. back, just let me I mean it, it wasn't just throws. I mean they yeah. were bombs. And the the one to Epps too, you and I talked about before we started recording. Um it was a touchdown at the balls just thrown directly down the field, but Epps didn't see it till the last second. And if he had if he could have caught an eye on that ball, he probably catches it. The ball actually was thrown to the sideline where Epps had room to make a play uh no but I, I thought you know a lot of people saying well this this will start the hop train especially if he threw a touchdown there I'm, I'm sorry I might be the conductor of this hop train <laughs> just because I loved seeing the ball fly downfield and it was a tight spiral every single time now he did get one batted back down which he's not the tallest guy I mean he's he's a little bit he's shorter than Joey Gatewood but I liked what I've seen from him it was a small sample size, but he definitely wasn't afraid to do it. And I think it's everything that you've been saying, that they've got to throw the football to hold on to these recruits that they have, especially at wide receiver, and show some type of you know, life that what they're going to do in the future. And I think that was maybe just a small preview of what we're going to see at some point. But then, too, I told you this. When they put Joey Gatewood in, I am 110% convinced that I heard some booze. The crowd wasn't big if if someone listened to this podcast, if you heard the same thing, please tell me because I know I'm not crazy. I heard some booze when they put him back when they put him in.
0: You might had some rowdy fans over in your section uh, where you were sitting. I wasn't paying enough attention to it. I don't guess I didn't hear anything. what's well, gonna be working against Joey though and just in terms of popularity is uh I mean, Bo's election and kid whose dad played at Kentucky. I mean, he's he's going to be a fan favorite once he takes over. And, and he, he plays, can sling it. Yeah, and he throws the ball. Off. And people hadn't seen him before today. So he had all these things going for him. That
1: You would be the hot topic if they'd put yeah, you in the quarterback was, today. Yeah,
0: if I grew up here and I got in to play today, yeah, people would have been talking about me. But uh, that was an interesting point. I'm glad we talked about it. You just take from it what you want. I mean, it's obvious at this point Terry's the guy for the rest of the season as long as nothing happens to him if they get into blowout situations against Florida or Georgia or Florida or Alabama, I mean, you know, if they keep going to bow, then that should be the riding on the wall. But I thought what they did today was you have something on film now to show Christian Lewis and DeKalcratis <laughs> and Armand Scott and John C. Magwood, these guys they have committed. Uh, Jordan Dingle, two, two touchdown passes at hot ends <laughs> today, right after he committed yesterday. So they Definitely have some things feels- now to show, but, uh, I guess we can move on now just to talk about the offense in general. I guess the only negative thing wasn't even about them, but they only ran 55 plays. So 458 yards, they did a great job uh, converting. They averaged 8.3 yards per play for the game. So really a great day all around for the offense.
1: Can we just throw out the whole ball control, time of possession, usually favors the team yeah, that you know that has it. Right it's, it has certainly not mattered this year, has it? We've watched Kentucky lose games where they've – They've controlled the ball for majority of the clock. Uh, Vandy, I mean, here's the thing, Derek. They Kentucky's defense kind of, you know, did what it did all season. They let teams have certain things, but Vandy just kept converting third downs. I mean, it was 11 of 17, pretty much 13 of those because two of them were fourth downs that they converted. So Kentucky's defense could not get off the field today at all. And I mean, Vandy ran 80 plays. Is that correct? 80, 80 plays. <laughs> And 407 yards. Now that's the third consecutive game. Is that the third consecutive or third overall that they've totaled over 400 yards of offense? I think third, third, third straight. straight. I think so, yeah. So, I will say this. Vandy's not as bad as what you think they are. Like, I do think Vandy's better than Keyon what we Henry think they Brooks are. Keon
0: Henry Brooks is a player. That kid, the running back was a stud. He carried the ball 29 times, 121 yards, had a great one-headed catch on a screen. He ended up getting hurt, uh, or else he would have probably gone over 35 carries today. Sills is a good freshman quarterback. Uh, There's just not enough around Vanderbilt to – even though the score was three points, it just didn't really feel like it was ever in doubt, I guess, for Kentucky. Like, it wasn't wasn't a very good performance at all defensively, but you just knew Kentucky would go down and score if it needed to. I thought there was only one bad series the whole game, and it was late in the third. Uh, They picked up a first down, but they ran the ball basically the whole drive Kentucky did, and then threw the screen pass that was incomplete. To Demarcus Harris, I think so it was, and that felt like a very grounded out type drive. A little too early, I thought, for that. But that was the only drive the whole the whole game that I thought was bad. So think about this, Sean. Not a single tackle for loss for Vanderbilt. Every play Kentucky ran and completed or, or had a rushing play, they gained positive yards on it. So whenever you look at how the how the offense has been the last few weeks, you got to be happy. With what you saw, and you can throw the caveat in there that it's Vanderbilt, that's true. But at the same time, you know, if they didn't do that today, that's when you would have really been concerned <laughs> if they couldn't have done that. Yeah, but,
1: and, and two, I mean, they, they committed to the passing game the last yeah. two weeks. Yeah. I mean, that was a big focal point in practice was to get some type of life ten, there.
0: Ten receivers today. Ten guys caught a pass, at least one. A bunch well, of guys just caught one. But yeah.
1: and, and two, I mean, it, it, I will forever say that the one story of my life with Kentucky football is they could never get everything working good together. Like, one day when the offense is showing up, the defense... I mean, go back to the Ole Miss game. When the offense played well, the defense didn't. Then the offense played well today, the defense didn't. But, they got a win. Uh, they're 3-4, and four, and now they have a gauntlet back-to-back. <laughs> if, if Regardless, Alabama, Florida, you know uh, those two games are going to be difficult, too. Derek, I want to point out, too, that With the specialists, you know, with some guys missing there, Chance Poorfield did a really nice job. Touchbacks, kicked a field goal, extra points. Uh, Two, is Kentucky in a pretty good position at punter?
0: Some guy named Colin Goodfellow showed up today and and boomed, what, three punts over 40 yards? (laughs) 46.3 average. No, I'm joking. Of course, I knew Colin, I think he's a a holder, right, Goodfellow? So he's been out there every game doing something. I was just joking. Colin did. He did a good job. I mean, obviously they're bringing in a scholarship guy next year, another Australian punter. You wouldn't. I, I don't know. I, to be completely honest, Colin could be a senior for all I know. I don't know what class he is. But if he is back next year, at least you know you have that option. But <laughs> Tipper had the chance for. He had to go in there and made every extra point and, and made his one field goal attempt. So uh, we've seen in the past. It's not a well, not always an easy thing to do. It so.
1: makes you wonder too if, if Stoops doesn't just stick with him. The rest of the way, since you got him back and, and it, everything.
0: Ruffalo was the weird deal because it's pretty easy to deduce that Delphi was out with COVID protocols, but Ruffalo was there. Mm-hmm. He, was, he just wasn't dressed out. So I assume he had some kind of injury or something happened to him to where he couldn't play. Uh, obviously, if he was in some kind of COVID protocol, he would not have been here today. No. So that's the only thing <laughs> if I If he would, was, take, it yeah. definitely slipped through the cracks. That's the only thing i can take away is that he must have been injured in some way and uh, couldn't
1: play today. The story of the game for me, though, is Chris Rodriguez. He he continues to get better and He's better. He's got to get more than 13 carries. He has to. Yeah. Uh, 149 yards, two touchdowns. The 74-yard run, we actually got to see him run away from someone. We've seen him between the tackles a lot, you know, just pounding, carrying guys. But how, how encouraging was it to see the speed he does yeah. have?
0: Oh, yeah, very. I mean, he, he had one of those runs similar like that against Louisville last year. Um, where you could see that see that breakaway speed. But he's obviously their best back. But I do want to say this. I like the way that they used Rose today. They used a lot of two running back sets today where you would have Rose out there. Uh, am I mistaken? Did Smoke only play that one drive?
1: I'm pretty positive.
0: Or maybe one or two. Because it, was, it wasn't much. They're very slowly working him back in. I don't know if he's not completely healthy but, yet or what. But.
1: And, you know, too, going, going back to Joey Gatewood's drives, and you mentioned they split him out wide. He's not even on the stat sheet. Like, he doesn't no, show he up anywhere. Yeah. It, it's almost like, he, like if you didn't watch the game, you would think he didn't play. Uh, I think that will be – Joey's
0: played a few games too. And Kentucky never came out and called the plays that they called for Bo Allen. Like, no. There was a very uh, obvious effort to throw the football with Bo. And that's what they're trying to show recruits. And if you're Joey, I mean, you've got to stay ready because you never know when your chance could come. But you've got to be thinking – uh, this thing's probably not going my way in these <laughs> next few few weeks. And I don't know, we'll, we'll have plenty of time mm-hmm. in the off season to talk about this. But uh, I, I do think the main – not the main takeaway, because there's other things from today. But if you're talking about the future, and this is probably the last game this year to really talk about the future because these next few games, it's probably – if they're playing, it's because it's ugly, most likely. So this is the time to talk about it, and for Bo – this might be the only time we see Bo this year. I don't know. I kinda of think we might see him some more, but they got enough on tape to show these guys that you know <laughs> this is what we can do next year if we get some of these guys in here. So
1: Yeah, it's uh I think it was definitely the right call to get him in the game. I think uh, you needed to get him in the game just to see what he can do and then like you said, get that on tape. I think the one thing that I wanna see though in the future is I wanna I hope they just I hope they let Bo be who he is. Yeah. Because we got to see that today is who Bo Allen is throwing the ball around. Don't I mean you want to rein that in a little maybe, but you don't want to rein it into the point that he's afraid to take chances. And I think it was encouraging to see the ball in the air going downfield more than ten yards. And
0: yeah, it was fun. It was fun. fun. I, was I mean,
1: literally, that was I was locked in on that series. Okay. There were a couple of series I'm not gonna lie that I kind of drifted because I was like, man, this game has a slow pace to it. Like it just felt like oh, it was a the long game. It was painful.
0: With timeouts and replay reviews, it was a very slow. And then
1: before days. they go to the fourth quarter here at Kroger Field, they do this long, drawn-out mix of music that seems like it <laughs> lasts for a day. And, like, I just was like, my, my head was about to bust. But Kentucky gets a win, 38-35. Uh, Derek, anything else stand out to you? I know, I know the defense is – oh, one thing, too. The, the picture that you see after the game that UK football posted of the offensive line – you know, having their hands up. I, I, I couldn't figure out exactly. I didn't know if they were waving at someone or if they were pointing to the sky and honoring Schlarman. But I did see a photo on Facebook, too, from someone. The Schlarman family was in the booth furthest to yeah, the left, and they were lot. waving at them. So that's what that yeah. has. What did you think about the way that they honored him early with the open left guard spot there? It was a choked up feeling different. It was.
0: It really was. I mean, it, they were driving the ball down the field, and I was still trying to just – Wrap my head, head around it because at first they came out and I was like, man, they're, they're missing somebody, and I was like, oh, it's obvious now what they're doing, like they're leaving that open. And obviously they had talked about that before the game with Vanderbilt. Since Vanderbilt defined the penalty, uh, I thought that was a great way to honor him. About the best way, I thought they could have really. Um, yeah. And then they go out there and run for 308 yards and not give up any, you know, yeah. negative plays. Those yeah. guys obviously had a lot on them, and uh, the scoreboard is it's still like this right now. We can't see it from where we're sitting, but. And loving memory of John Schlarman is what's up there. They had a JS on the screen the whole day. I think they'll probably keep that stuff up there the rest of the year, honestly. Yeah. And
1: uh, well, you weren't alone in thinking they were missing someone when I first when they first got the penalty. I said, "What the hell? This is the first yeah. play of the game." And then <sighs> I finally caught on when I saw Landon sprinting out there in the sixty-five. That got caught on. I thought it was the perfect way. Whoever decided to do that. Uh, it's not like it sounded like it was a
0: group effort. It we was. couldn't really get it clear as
1: to who. But. And, and to Landon, I mean you got to see the emotion in the postgame. Even with Landon yeah. and the way he was talking. It was it was kinda hard to, to watch and this group's just gone through so much, but there's no doubt that John Schlerman would have wanted them to go out there and do exactly what they did today. And I think that they were able to do it because of how much time they spent with him. Yeah the last few years.
0: I've not been on Twitter or the message board. Well, I've been on Twitter, but not not enough to see a ton of fan reaction. I've not been on the message boards yet to really know. I hope that fans are – obviously, there's going to be some people upset, but there, there was a lot on these guys this game. Yeah. And there was a lot going against them. And I know they are playing the worst team in the SEC, but they played a pretty good game, especially offensively for the most part. So I hope that you uh, view this as a win that you, you know, they had to have. But at the same time, it would have been easy to – to have not played well today with everything that was going against and, them, and, and they and found that, a way to win. And that
1: goes for more than the offense, too. You know, I tweeted that it was an embarrassing performance for the defense, uh, and I think by yeah, their standards they was. would say the same thing. Yeah. It was one of the worst games, I think, that we've seen under Brad White. But, too, you also have to think about it. This wasn't just, you know, the offensive line going through. This is an entire roster uh, with a lot of guys that knew Coach Schlarman. And, you know, these, these coaches, uh, I think they showed it in the clip. I can't remember who it was, but uh, in the video on the SEC Network this morning, there was I think it was a defensive player that walked up and you know told Coach Larmen that the win was for him. I can't remember who it was in that clip, but this team definitely has battled through a lot in the last week. And then I mean, here what thirty six, forty eight hours later, they're playing a football game after yeah. losing what I would say one of the honestly is it might be the heart and soul. Of that entire program in the last two years. I think everybody could look over and see Schlarman, and it made them push a little bit harder when you look over and see him and know what he was battling. But uh, once again, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Schlarman family. I hope they, they at least got a smile on their face today, you know, watching that offensive line and watching this team. And, and you know they'll be delivering the game ball to the family. And uh, thoughts and prayers go out to them in the, the coming days and the weeks ahead, just uh, dealing with the, just a tremendous loss.
0: Yeah, not, You said it, Sean. Um, you know, Stoops said today the there's going to be a memorial service for John here on Monday, but it's, it's just for the team and for some people close to John. Obviously, in COVID, you probably won't be able to do anything really for the public at all to honor him. So um, this is a sad day. <laughs> I mean, it's been a sad few days, no question. And you, it's added up. You, you've hit the COVID year. It's a grind anyway. You've had what happened to Chris Oates over the summer. And then you've had what's happened to to John, where he just rapidly got worse here towards the end of his life. And uh, to come here today and, and to play a game and to win, yeah. even if you know there'll be time this week to really dissect the defensive guys and be upset. But for today, I think everybody needs to be happy that they got out of there with the win. And I'm sure that's going to be the the main takeaway is they got out of there. And I, and I wish the score. It wasn't really reflective of the game. I mean, I was, I was looking, and I think Vanderbilt got the ball back with five minutes left, yeah. and they were down 17. So they scored the two touchdowns during garbage time. But
1: you know, one thing—I think everybody was holding their breath when that onside kick was bouncing.
0: That would have been wild if they would have gotten that. Because I mean, I'd basically written that game off as over, and they uh, would have had great field position, and the way they moved the ball, they could have <laughs> had a chance at a game-time field goal. There were people—maybe even win. There were
1: people tweeting that the game—you know, good win, all this yeah. stuff—and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. But I will say this to. Uh, I never thought I'd be sitting in the Field press box trying to not cry. Uh, But after the start of the game with uh, how they honored Schlerman and then I made the biggest mistake of my life at halftime to watch that Chris Oates feature on the SEC network and you see Keaton Upshaw, you know, break down talking about his roommate and everything. I was like, my goodness. I said, it's time for me to turn the laptop off.
0: There's been a lot of sad things happen in this program. I mean, I guess one of the – I don't like – I don't know how to phrase it, but, like, thank God for, you know, Josh Paschal. That was a devastating news for him a few years ago. I have no doubt with Schlarman and Pascal that helped that 2018 team stick together and probably played a role in how good they were. But, you know, for Josh, he's been one of the great stories of this program. that He could – I don't like saying overcome it because of cancer. I mean, it's – John Schlarman did everything he could. You know, he lived as long as he could, and it's just – his life came to an end so i have never liked that phrase you know lost their battle with cancer because i mean it's you know the way he lived there's nothing losing about that <laughs> and uh that's a very good point what i'm saying with pascal too though is uh, you know it's been a great story for uk and there's been a lot of sad ones over the years too but he's been one of the great ones who came back and now with josh i think we've about reached the point it's not even really mentioned with josh that he overcame melanova and uh I can remember that first year he was back every story I wrote. It's like it was thrown in there that he was a a cancer survivor. Well,
1: well, you'll remember that day, and I think it hit me when I looked up and saw on the video board today, you know, in loving memory. We were in that crowded media room prior to COVID when we got both of those, you know, reports. Or Mark Stoops brought, you know, at least you know told exactly what was going on and everything. But
0: that Zoom call Thursday felt a lot like that day. Obviously, it was. Solemn, because John had passed, but it was definitely the most solemn presser since. That's what it reminded me of was that yeah. day when.
1: But you said it. You said it perfect, though. John Schlarman lived forty-five years. Derek and I don't think he lost in one battle, no. whether it was on the field or in life, or even this battle of cancer. He certainly didn't lose it because he fought it until he couldn't. I mean, until it was time. And that's yeah. the thing. He he didn't lose his battle. Like he he lived his life. Strong, what that man went through for two years, and the fact that, and I'll tell you this: it, he, you didn't even know he was sick no. when you would, when you would have semen in interviews and everything, and, until recently, and then yeah. when you, you could tell. But for what he did for two years, battling through that, my goodness! If you can't get inspired by that, then you have no pulse, yeah. and that's just the thing. But like I said, continued prayers for for Leanne, the kids, and uh, all those who know John, knew John, this football team. And uh, the entire state of Kentucky. I mean, they lost a good one. He was Kentucky through and through. And uh, just, you know, rest in peace and loving memory of John Schlarman. And uh, hope, hopefully you all made it out to the Butcher's Pub today to watch Kentucky and Vandy. Uh, get out there again this week. Get all those specials, Taco Tuesday, Kids Eat Free Monday, Wing Wednesday, all those delicious uh, menu items, desserts that they have. You can visit the ButchersPub.com or check them out on Facebook for more deals. But he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you Monday. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history